the Bible's full of stories, real true stories, not fables, not myths. And I love the stories because, especially when Jesus was walking around doing good, healing people that were oppressed of the enemy. How many of you can say, Jesus passed my way and I've never been the same? Amen. He passed my way and I've never been the same. Amen. I'm going to talk to you about today, one of my favorite Bible characters because he's so real. He's like you and me, all right? Because he was a human being. His name is Blind Bartimaeus. And I'm going to read what happened to Blind Bartimaeus. And I'm going to talk to you about his faith. And I'm going to talk to you about faith in general today. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. You're here today because you place your faith in Christ. Uh, you're a faith walker, whether you know it or not. Amen. How many of you can say, I'm, I'm so thankful for the day that I put my faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's read Mark 10, 46. Now they came to Jericho and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus sat up by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. But then many warned him him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more. That's what I like about him. Son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 49, so Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise, he's calling you. Throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? Now, Jesus knew what he wanted, but he wanted him to say it. How many of you know when you tell Jesus what you need, he doesn't say, well, I'll be. Right? Jesus never says, oops, and he never says, well, I'll be. Never. But he wanted him to say it. The Lord wants us to tell him our need. And the Bible says that he responded, Rabboni, or teacher, that I may receive my sight. And then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Can you imagine being blind your whole life and the first person you see is Jesus? That's what happened to him. Made up for all those days he couldn't see. Father, thank you for your word today, and I pray you would bless it in the mighty name of the Lord. And Lord, build our faith today. Encourage our faith today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him your faith has made you whole. Now, clearly, this is about a blind man who received his sight. He was literally, totally blind. It's a story about a desperate man who found a reason to hope. You know, hope's like the oxygen of the soul. If you have no hope, you're not breathing spiritually. Hope is like the oxygen of the soul. There's a lot of things you can live with and there's a lot of things you can do without. But one thing spiritually you cannot do without is hope. And I thank God that our God is a God of hope. Amen? So here's this man who was born blind, blind his whole life, and he finds a reason to hope. When he heard that Jesus was coming his way, at that moment, Bartimaeus had had no life but to beg by the side of the road. That was his life. We think our life is hard. For this man, every day 
was the same old, same old. Get up to a sunrise you can't see. Grope around for a meager breakfast to grab before feeling your way with your walking cane to the roadside where you're again going to spend another humiliating day begging. And that's all he had to look forward to. His life was sad, it was monotonous, and it held no hope of a future worth living. And that's the way a lot of people are living now. They wake up to a life that's not worth living. And I came to tell you about a God and about his son that will give you all the reason in the world to live. He's my meaning. He's my purpose. He's, my, he's, he's why I get up in the morning and face today. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Amen? But that would all change with the arrival of a man named Jesus who was passing through his hometown of Jericho. He heard that Jesus was coming. Now, I want to focus today on the faith that sprang up in the heart of Bartimaeus because his faith really beautifully depicts and, and uh, characterizes what real Bible faith is. You know, you can put your faith in the wrong thing, and it doesn't do you a bit of good. You can hope in the wrong thing, and it will fail you every time. If you're going to hope, you better put it in something that is for sure dependable. And if you're going to put your faith in something, it better be real. Because hope deferred makes the heart sick. Now, the Bible says faith is the means by which we approach God. When we approach God, we don't approach him based on our intelligence, our looks, our pedigree. We don't approach him based on our own good deeds. No, the means of communication that God has chosen is faith. Faith is the connecting point. It's the means to the end. We walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why? Because anybody who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. When I come to God, I've got to believe, first of all, that he's there. He's the God who exists. He's the God who is. But more than that, he's the God who rewards me if I diligently seek him in faith. He rewards So he's not only an existing God, he's a rewarding God. He rewards us. He that comes to him with a prayer request, he that comes to him with a need, must first believe that he is, or why are you even coming to him, but that he also hears that prayer and rewards those who diligently seek him. Now, the phrase, please God, uh, without faith it's impossible to please him. That little phrase, please God, means to give what is acceptable. We please the Lord by placing faith in him. It, it, is, it, is the connect, it is the connecting medium between us and God. We read that the first man to be caught up into heaven in the Bible in a type of rapture was named Enoch. He's way back in the Old Testament. And it says by faith, Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared. Enoch was there. And then he was gone. Don't you know what that's a type of? That's a type of the coming rapture of the church. Enoch was there and suddenly he was gone. They looked for him and couldn't find him. Because it says, by faith, Enoch, he was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. Hebrews 11, 5. I'm reading it. 
For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. Well, how did he please God? It says, by faith, Enoch was taken up to heaven. He pleased God by exercising faith toward God. Every day, we've got the opportunity to exercise faith toward God. I'm exercising faith toward God right now. I'm believing him to touch you, change you, rearrange you, deliver you, heal you. I'm believing for things right now. And you're here expecting something from him. We're operating by faith, the same faith that Enoch operated in. And Enoch's a type of what will happen to the church. The trumpet will blow. The dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are alive and remain shall be caught up. What did it say happened to Enoch? He was taken up. He was caught up to heaven without ever dying. No funeral for Enoch. He was taken to heaven bodily. He disappeared. How? By faith. All things are possible to him that believes, as long as it's the will of God. So he pleased God by faith. Now, we don't place faith in our faith. There's people that worship faith. They talk about faith constantly, almost to the point of I'm putting my faith in my level of faith. But I found out if I'm always checking out how good my faith is, I'm not real thrilled with what I see. My faith operates best when I'm looking up and placing it in God. We place our faith not in our faith, not in what we feel like, well, I've got some faith, a little faith, a lot of faith. I'm filled with faith to believe for this thing. No, we place our faith in an object in a person, in the God of the promises. Faith is always directed to the God who exists and who rewards those who diligently seek him. So when I'm believing God to do something, I'm placing my faith in him, in his character, in his goodness. He cannot fail. Though men lie, God is not a man that he can lie. His promises can be walked on, lived on. You can live by them, die by them, build your life on the promises of God. And this is what Bartimaeus did. His life would never be the same after placing faith in Jesus Christ. Now, in reading this this week, I noticed that his faith went through several phases, or we could put it this way, there were several characteristics of his faith, ways that his faith manifested. So I guess we're going to look today at at the anatomy of faith. What does faith look like? What is Bible faith like? Um, How is it manifest? What are its characteristics? First thing we see is, in Bartimaeus, ignited faith. It says, when he heard that it was Jesus passing by, something happened to him. He began to cry out. When? When he heard about Jesus. He began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And immediately on hearing about Jesus, his faith was ignited. When we hear about Jesus, that's the beginning of faith. It manifested in his crying out to the Lord for mercy. And this is how all faith begins, everybody. You know how faith was first birthed in you and me? When we heard about Jesus. When we heard about Jesus. Yeah, This is how all faith begins, 
when we hear the word of God, the Bible says, how shall people believe on him in whom they have not heard? Everybody say heard. How's anybody going to believe if they don't hear? Why is it so important that we hear? Because when we hear about God, when we hear about Christ, when we hear about the promises, when we hear the word of God, that's when faith is ignited. That is when faith begins. It begins then and there. When we hear that Jesus died for our sins and rose from the dead, God places faith in our heart. That's where Bible faith begins. Listen to what the Bible says. Faith comes by hearing And hearing by the word of God. Now, let me just paraphrase that. Faith comes when we hear the word of God. Uh, Bartimaeus had somewhere along the way heard about Jesus. And then he heard that he was passing by. And when he heard that Jesus was passing by, ladies and gentlemen, that's when faith was ignited in his heart. That something could happen. That a miracle could be his. That his life could be changed. That he wasn't operating in in this monotony for the rest of his days. He wasn't doomed to futility. But something could happen because Jesus is passing by. That's why it's so important as a church. We never stop preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing. How will they hear? How will they believe? Until they have heard, they've got to hear the gospel. Faith is ignited for the first time in a person's heart when we hear about Jesus Christ. Before he heard about Jesus, Bartimaeus' soul was as blind as his eyes. But when he heard about Christ, his faith was ignited. Hope arose. His faith rose up, and he cried out for mercy. How many of you remember when you heard about Christ? You heard about Jesus, and something moved in you. Something stirred in you. And you may not be aware of it, but you didn't have faith till you heard. And when you heard, God put faith in your heart, and it was faith to save you, faith to bring you into the presence of God. I so vividly remember when I first heard about Jesus, you got to understand, I wasn't raised in a church. I didn't know anything about God. I knew zero zip nada about the Bible. I didn't know anything. I was raised in paganism. Now, we weren't, you know, worshiping weird things in our living room or anything like that. There was just no worship at all. We were secular, totally secular. And I had never heard the gospel. I'd never heard John three sixteen. I had to get put in jail to hear the gospel. And so I'm sitting in jail. And I'm there in about my third night when I was 16 years old, long, long time ago, so don't freak out on me. It was a long time ago. But here I am sitting in jail, and a guard comes to my room and says, you want to go uh, to the pool room and hear somebody talk about Christianity? I didn't even know what it was. I said, Christian what? Christianity. And I thought, does this have to do with Christmas? That's how ignorant I was. I was in darkness. I was living in sin. I couldn't get out. I was trapped. And I went down there with about 50 other juvenile delinquents like me. We sat in chairs. They brought a couple of guitars, and there was this straight-laced-looking preacher. I've told you the story. He looked to me like Clark Kent. So boring. He was even in a suit, and I thought, who wears a suit? Only thing I'm lacking is a tie. And he stood up and he said, God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son. I was right in the middle of the crowd of, of boys, right in the middle. He said, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Jesus died for you on the cross and rose from the dead. I'd never heard that. And something began to happen in me. Something began to move me. I began to think, could this be true? Is this real? Is, is this a true story or a myth? Is this make-believe? Did Jesus really die for me? All I knew about Jesus was Jesus Christ superstar. Are you really who they say you are? I heard it on the top 40 uh, music on the radio station. And I listened. And faith arose in my heart listening to the gospel. That's why it says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. To everybody that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, that means all the rest of us who are not Jews. So faith arose in my heart and I was saved. I began to cry out for mercy that night and God saved me. And a miracle happened in my life. But why? Because I placed my faith in the promise maker, in God and his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus was passing by that night and I took advantage of it. So faith is ignited. Faith was ignited in Bartimaeus' heart when he heard the gospel. That's the first stage his faith went through. But then I see a, ne a next one, and that is his faith went to persevering faith. His faith manifested perseverance. This is so important. The Bible says many in the crowd warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. I love the way the living Bible puts it. Here he is crying out for mercy. Faith is risen in his heart. He's asking Jesus to stop and do something with his blindness. And the crowd said, shut up. Some of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted the louder again and again. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Real faith, salvation faith, the faith that God places in your heart will not be stopped by obstacles. Listen to me. I see here persevering. If he had not persevered, he would not have been healed that day. But the Bible says the crowd started saying to him, hey, let me, let me just, I'm going to guess, but something like this. Bartimaeus, Jesus doesn't have time for an old beggar like you. He's got more important people to tend to, places to go, things to do. Quit bugging him. He's not hearing you. Something like that. Shut up. Leave him alone. But he would not stop. He persevered. His faith would not be shut down. And that is Bible faith. He didn't let obstacles stop. He didn't let public opinion stop him. He didn't let social pressure stop him. He didn't let the opinion of his peers stop him. You know, there's always going to be someone around that Satan tries to use to stop you and I when we begin to cry out to God for a miracle over some kind of an answer, there's going to be the naysayers around, and they're going to say, he's not hearing you. Where's his answer? Uh, there, uh, why are you wasting your time? Prayer doesn't work. There's, there's going to come pressure. I have never sought God for anything major that obstacles and pressure did not rise up against me where my faith had to persevere. I had to keep on keeping on. I had to push through. I had to keep moving. I had to keep believing. My faith would not be silenced. It would not be dissuaded. It would not be quenched. Instead of being shut down, he just doubled down. 
And he started saying, louder, son of David, have mercy on me. Please, Jesus, have mercy on me. Folks, there's times when your faith, listen, Bible faith is persevering faith. Can I say that again? Bible faith is persevering faith. Listen to what the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 36. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Amen. Listen to this one, 2 Thessalonians three thirteen. As for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. Listen to James. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life the Lord has promised to those that love him. There's times we've just got to stay with it. Sometimes God doesn't immediately answer. The Bible says that Jesus taught them a parable. The men ought always to pray and not to give up praying. Amen. Bartimaeus persevered. He would not be shut down. His faith pushed through push through the crowd. And then we come to another phase in his faith. It broke through. When we put faith in God and when we persevere, it leads to a breakthrough. It might take some time. It might take longer than you thought, but it leads to a breakthrough. It says, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Isn't it interesting? The same crowd that told him to shut up when Jesus stood still, this same fickle crowd said, hey, good cheer. He's calling for you. Come on. That's why you never put your faith in a crowd, right? They're with you one day, against you the next. Eh, trust God always. And don't lean on the, on the frail to give human help. God will help you. But, but think about this. He cried out. He said, I'm not going to be stopped. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to persevere. And the Bible says, as he persevered, he caught the ear of Christ, and God, in human form, stopped in his tracks at this cry of persevering faith. The devil will tell you you're wasting your time, that God is not hearing you, that you look foolish, that your faith is in vain. How often Satan, at the first cry of our faith, will do something to dissuade us or discourage us where we don't persevere to the breakthrough. But sometimes that breakthrough is right around the corner and the devil knows it. And that's why he steps in and says, stop. It's not doing any good. He's trying to stop you from praying and believing because your breakthrough is almost there. It's why it's so important that we persevere in our prayers. Persevere in our prayers. Jesus said this, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. That's the way the Greek reads. It's not just seek, ask, knock, but it's keep on doing it, keep on doing it, keep on doing it. For everyone who perseveres in their asking, seeking, and knocking will receive, will find, and to them the door will be open. Jesus taught perseverance in prayer. Luke 18, 1, he says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them they must keep praying until the answer comes. That's the characteristic of Bible faith. That's what Bible faith looks like. That's how it behaves. That's what characterizes Bible faith. Our faith is ignited. We read a promise and it ignites our faith. 
I believe God can do that for me. I believe it's his will to do that for me. I'm going to lay hold of God to do that for me. And then we must persevere. If the answer tarries, we persevere. Elijah prayed that it would rain. And he sent his servant to the edge of the mountain to look at the sky to see if there were any clouds. And there wasn't a cloud one. He sent him a second time, a third time, a fourth time, five, six. He sent him seven times, and there was nothing. Six times the servant came back and said, there is nothing to show for your prayer. But Elijah persevered. Go again. He went again, and here's a little cloud the size of a man's hand hanging in the distance. He said, well, I can tell the boss something good. So he comes back and he says, well, there's a little cloud the size of a man's hand, but that wasn't there a minute ago. Elijah said, you better go and tell Ahab to prepare his chariot and head for Israel because we're about to have a gully washer. And the clouds grew black, or the sky grew black with clouds, and it began to rain and poured a deluge. But six times there was nothing but he persevered. Maybe you're looking at nothing today. You have prayed and you don't see any result of your prayer. I tell you, go again. Pray again. Pray again. As long as you know that it's the will of God for you, pray again. Because who knows, you might be in warfare. Who knows, God might be setting up the situation to answer your prayer. People are being put in place. Things are being put in place. Circumstances are being ordered and arranged for God to answer your prayer. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean nothing's happening. When, G- when Jesus stood still, everything changed for Bartimaeus. This was his breakthrough. His prayer, his faith broke through. Jesus stood still. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. Let's see what he wants. I hear that cry of faith. I hear persevering faith. Bring him to me. Now that's where we go to the next stage in his faith. It was unencumbered faith. The Bible says something I've never noticed. I want you to catch this. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. Everybody say throwing aside. Now, why did he throw aside his garment? His garment was heavy. His, his garment was a thick garment. He slept with it. He, he lived his life in it. He begged in it. Uh, it was a heavy garment that he wore on his person. And when Jesus called him, he knew, I got to get to him fast. He may move down the road. And so it says he threw his garment aside, and he rose and came to Jesus. He was, he was disencumbering himself. He was getting rid of anything that would weigh him down and slow his progress from getting to Jesus. He discarded anything that would impede his approach to the Lord. Hear me, everybody. The Bible says, let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. And especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up. And let us run with patient perseverance the particular race that God has set before us. Do you notice the word perseverance in there? And do you notice that he said, look, there's times you've got to lay some things down. It may not even be sin. It could be worries, distractions, fleshly entanglements, possessions, misplaced affections. 
It can be a million things, but they're weighing us down from getting to God, from running our race with perseverance. He said, I'm getting rid of anything that's going to stop me from getting to the Lord. Uh, How many of you have ever experienced God saying to you, hey, you need to lose that if you're really going to follow me. You need to let that go if you're going to follow me. If you're going to pick up your cross daily and follow me, that's got to go. You're distracted. You're entangled. That's weighing you down. That is holding you up. And, and Jesus wants us running light. Amen? He wants us running light. And there's times you've got to lose some things. I don't know where you are in your life, but I'm going to tell you, we live in a day and an age and a culture where all kinds of entanglements are every day trying to get our attention and slow us down where we're dragging. We're not able to run at our full speed. We're not able to get up and pray. We're not able to seek him like we want. We're, we're distracted here and pulled there and, and this and that and the other. And it's slowing down our walk. And Bartimaeus said, nothing is going to keep me from getting to the answer to my prayer. Nothing is worth it. No person is worth it. No thing is worth it. No hobby is worth it. Nothing is worth keeping me from getting to Jesus. I've got to get to Jesus. When I got saved, I had, I had some garments I needed to lose. Uh, one of them was, man, I had enough rock albums uh, to, to, to uh, take care of the whole city. I could have opened up my own radio station. I had all kinds of rock albums. All of them were depraved. All of them were things that would lead me away from Christ. And I went and I burned them all. And you may say, well, I wish I'd have been around. I'd have taken some of those off your hands. But let me tell you, I needed to get rid of them because they were holding me back. And I couldn't have anything holding me back. Each and every day, I've got to make the decision to let anything go that is holding me back from seeking God with all my heart. So he had unencumbered faith. And the last thing is answered faith. The Bible says, Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith in me has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Bartimaeus received the answer to his request. And how do you respond? I love this. He responded with faith that followed Jesus for the rest of his life. Because it says he followed him on the road. He followed Jesus. So watch this. It began with ignited faith, and it was characterized by persevering faith, and then breakthrough faith, which produced unencumbered faith, finally to answered faith, where the answer to his prayer came, and his blind eyes were opened. Can you imagine seeing Jesus? First thing you see in all your life is the face of the Son of God. I'm going to follow you on the road, Lord. You open my eyes. You're the only thing I want to see the rest of my life. I want to tell you, Jesus is who I want to follow, who I want to pursue, who I want to go after the rest of my life. Because when my blind eyes were open, his was the first face I saw. By faith, I saw him. Now, I'm not saying literally, but in my face, I I saw him, and I began to look up. And that's when I was 16. Amen? And he changed my life. I want you to stand with me today. I want to encourage you today to walk by faith in the God of the Bible. How many of you can say, Jeff, 
I'm believing God for something, and I've had to persevere. Amen? Come on, keep them up just for a minute. Give me a wave. Look, that's most everybody in here. Now, how many of you can, can admit, I've wanted almost to faint. I, I've been tempted to give up. Like, he's not hearing me. All right? Then you needed this today because Bartimaeus said, oh, no, no, my faith has been ignited. So I'm, I'm going after him. I'm going to persevere through the crowds, through all the obstacles and resistance. I'm going to persevere until I get a breakthrough. And having gotten the breakthrough, I'm going to get rid of anything that keeps me from him. And having gotten rid of anything that keeps me from him, I'm going to get my answer to my prayer. And I'm going to enjoy the provision of God. Amen. I really felt to pray for us today. And here's what I want to pray for. I want to pray that between, if, you're, if you have given that first cry of faith, like Bartimaeus, his first cry of faith was, Jesus, have mercy on me. Between that first cry of faith and the answer, there was all kinds of pressure, obstacles, and trouble to keep him from the answer. And I really felt that I'm to pray for people. You made the cry of faith. You prayed for something. But now the answer hasn't come. And there's all kinds of things standing in your way. And you're being, you're being uh, tempted to give up. You're feeling tired. You're feeling weary. You're, you're feeling like, where is it? Why am I having to wait so long? And I want to pray for strength for you. I really felt that I was to do this. So I want you to come down right now. If you're in between the first cry and the answer, and you're persevering, I want to pray for you today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look at all these precious people. And maybe today, dear friend, you need to be saved. Because faith comes when you hear the gospel. And can I tell you that Jesus Christ died for your sins and rose again from the dead. And that only he can forgive you and only he can redeem you. And I believe in God. For the first cry of faith to come out of some people's mouths today, Jesus, have mercy on me and save me. Amen. You need to come now, and I want to pray for you. But let me talk to these that are down here. Listen, we live in um, trying times. We live in discouraging times. It's been a really difficult two years. A lot of you have had COVID. A lot of you have... uh, said goodbye to somebody that had COVID. Some of you have just gotten stuck between the first cry and the answer. And I want you to know that the Bible can be trusted. Bartimaeus persevered. Bartimaeus broke through. Bartimaeus got rid of anything that would slow him down. Bartimaeus got an answer. Amen. Now we're going to pray today. I'm going to pray for strength for you, but also, is there anything you need to get rid of? Anything you need to get rid of? Anything you need to discard? Anything weighing you down? Slowing you down? A relationship that may not be of God? And it's slowing you down. That person 
You love them, but they don't have your faith. I'm talking to somebody, I know I am. That person, you love them. Now, I'm not talking about your spouse. Don't go out here and say, Pastor Jeff told me to leave you. Don't do that. <laughs> I'm talking about before the sacred I do. There, there, is, a, there is a relationship, and it's slowing you down. Because that person, wonderful as they may be, they don't have your faith. They don't have your zeal. They don't have your walk. And it's slowing you down. And it will slow you down like nothing else. I know I'm asking you to do something strong, but you may need to say, you know what? Ta-ta. It's been real, but I got to move on. I've got to move on. How many of you have ever had to do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, let me pray for you. Would you lift your hands up towards the Lord? And I want you to say with me, Lord Jesus, you're the God of all strength. You're my strength, my power. You're my guide. You're my enabler. And Lord, I need strength. Right now, in the house of God, today, I need your strength. Because I've cried out, but the answer hasn't come yet. And I'm persevering. And I'm tired. I'm weary. My feet are starting to drag. Lord, strengthen me from on high. Now I want you to say with me, the Lord has promised that he will strengthen me, that he will help me, that he will uphold me with his right hand of righteousness. I receive that promise that he is strengthening me today with fresh resolve, with fresh power, with fresh fire, with fresh zeal, with fresh might in my inner man. He is strengthening me. Now I want you to pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, with that same strength. Give me the ability, strengthen my will and my resolve to throw aside anything that is slowing me down, hindering my walk. I lay it down. I cast it aside so that I can run with full speed to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, would you lift your hands? And I want you to begin to thank the Lord. Because this prayer he has heard. He has heard this prayer. He has heard this prayer. I believe and I know he has heard this prayer. Maybe right now in this altar, you need to say, Lord, I give to you. And you fill in the blank. It's that thing that is slowing you down. I give to you the garment that is slowing me down. I give it to you. I lay it at your feet. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It might be social media. It might be Facebook. It might be something out there on the internet that is slowing you down. Lay it down. Fast from the internet. Fast from social media. So you can hear God. 
Whatever it is, let's lay it down. In the mighty name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. You are Lord. You are Lord. We see Bartimaeus laid it down, Lord. When he threw down that garment, he, he, he ran to you full speed, unencumbered. Help us to do it, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, can we lift our hands one more time? Sing, your promise still stands. Let's sing it now. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never fail me. One more time. Sing it one more time. Because we need to lean on this now. Your faithfulness, I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. Oh, that's so true, so true, so true. If you're thankful to the Lord today, listen, if you know that he's helped you, give me my hand of praise now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.